Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the College Info Geek Podcast. My name is Thomas Frank, and this is a show that helps you become a more effective student. And on today's episode, we're actually talking about something that I've had an interest in for a long, long time. We're going to be talking about the subject of speed reading. Now, this is kind of a coincidence because my guest on the show today, Zach Sexton from Asian Efficiency, who was actually back on the podcast, uh, episode 28, we talked about productivity. He's been getting into speed reading and uh, he read a book on techniques you can use to increase your reading speed. And on the opposite side of that coin, I have been doing research for a video that I'm wanting to make on why speed reading, uh, at least a lot of the claims out there, are basically BS. Um, so in this episode, I'm going to present a lot of the research findings that uh, I read about. And um, it's kind of going to be a companion to this week's upcoming video. So if you want to get a little bit more detail and uh, some opposing points of view, potentially, on the subject of speed reading and uh, eventually a conclusion on it, then this episode is for you. And if you want to find the show notes with links to some of the things we talked about, they are, as always, over at CIGpodcast.com. Episode 74 link on that page will get you all those links summary and a link for reviewing the podcast on iTunes if you are so inclined, which, by the way, uh, ever since I mentioned on the last episode that we we're getting close to 50 reviews, a few of you stepped up. We are now at 54 reviews. Thank you guys so much for that. I was not expecting that and it made my day when I went and logged into iTunes and saw those reviews. I'm really glad you guys are enjoying the show. So thank you so much for that feedback and keep it coming. Uh, so let's get into the episode. All right, what up, Zach? I need to get a what up, Thomas? I need to get a different picture of you for this episode because I'm OCD like that. But yeah, welcome back. Oh, okay. And uh, I guess you've convinced me I'll, to do a podcast I'll get episode. You a new one. <laughs> I guess you've convinced me to do a podcast episode on speed reading because you and I have been uh, debating this. Let's see, we had a little debate about it on Friday, right? So you're yeah, in yeah. the camp that says you can speed read, right? If I were to simplify it, I, I, I recently joined that camp. Okay. I was I was not in that camp previously, but now now I'm in it. So, um, and this is gonna be spoiler for people who listen to this like the day it comes out, uh, Thursday, which I mean three days from when this gets published. I'm doing a video breaking down the science of like what can feasibly be thought of as like a normal reading speed, like all the biology of it. Uh, how our eyes focus on things. And we'll probably get even more into detail about that stuff in this podcast. But, you know, after reading all this research, I am pretty anti-speed reading, at least to the degree that a lot of people claim that you can, like, get to. And uh, so I thought it'd be cool to have a conversation about that since you are sort of for speed reading. And you like you got a book that kind of taught you some stuff, right? Right. Totally. So just a little backstory. I felt like I was I've always kind of felt like I was a slow reader. And you you get a lot of emails from your your readers and viewers and listeners about speed reading, don't you? Yeah. Or just like a a lot of times they're not asking specifically about like speed reading. They just ask, how do I get through my huge textbook reading assignments or how do I read more books or how do you, you know, read so many books? Yeah, which, and you always like kind of ask them. Secret: I don't read that many books. <laughs> <laughs> you don't read very many books. I can see a bunch on your bookshelf. I mean, I have a bunch. Of, uh, I learned a new Japanese word the other day. 
Martin taught me it. It's uh, tsunduku, and, or tsundoku, I think it is. And it is the word for somebody who buys lots of books but does not read them. So I am a bit of a tsundoku because, <laughs> you know, I try to read my books, but I buy them at a faster rate than I can read them, unfortunately. Um, so, I'm, you know, and I often will get interested in new, like a new subject. So I'll start reading another book and then I like all of a sudden I'm reading six books at one time. What the heck am I doing with my life? <laughs> so I think I read like 17 books last year and I'm, I'm not on track to beat that this year. Uh, the problem with getting so consistent with video is I like cut down my reading time. It's always a trade-off. But yeah. Yeah. I recently listened to an interview and Kevin Kelly was on answering questions from Reddit on Tim Ferriss's podcast. Okay. And one question was, what's one habit or ritual you can do to change your life? And he says, read 10 books a year. So you're already past that point. Yes, where, I can take the seven uh, more I think from most last people, year. Oh, <laughs> and apply them to 2015, right? Yeah, you only have to do three. Brilliant. Yeah, you're good to go. Okay. And I know if you, I know a few books that you've read because we've talked about them together, but back to how to read faster or, or why I believe you actually can read a little bit faster. Then we can talk about maybe other strategies or, or tips or tricks. And I don't know if you, how many spoilers you want to give for your video, but we can, we can, um, you know, we can dive in. But my, my thought was that I, I just, Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like the average video gets like 20,000 views now and the average podcast gets like 3,000. So I know that the overlap isn't that bad. Like even if every single person who listens to this episode goes and watches the video afterwards, we're not spoiling it for like 17,000 of those people. So I think we're fine to present a lot of the information that I've got in my notes for the video today. Plus, like, we'll have your side of it as well. So okay. it'll be kind of more comprehensive. We are opening the kimono. Yes. <laughs> about speed reading. What we're going to do. We're going to give it all. Your just, minds are going to be blown. Or the trench coat. Or that. <laughs> <laughs> creepy, creepy guy <laughs> on, on campus. <laughs> what would you rather me open, a kimono or a trench coat? All right. Um, since I've seen you in a kimono... You have. That's I can right. picture it better. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was a comfy kimono. <laughs> it was weird though. Yeah, I took a screenshot of it and tweeted it out. Yeah, I had to make sure to like lay on the floor, just because like when you sit cross-legged in a kimono, it like it just uh, opens up and just everything is there, <laughs> unless you're wearing like shorts underneath. So I was like laying on the floor, trying not to have it fall off of me while I'm on Skype video with you guys. <laughs> yeah. You're drinking a beer. You're in Japan. It was I pretty was. cool. It was a good night. I, I miss Japan. All right. So, 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 yeah, that would have been a fun trip. You made. I had never had a really an inclination to go before, and what I've seen, following following along there, it seemed seemed a little neater. Um, we well, went to but Thailand, back to right? speed reading. We're talking about speed reading. Yeah, we are talking. Okay. I did go to Thailand. But you Thailand's did. not Japan. That's true. Well, you should go to Japan, and I will go to Thailand, and then we'll both be able to talk yep. about them. Okay, yes. so do you want me to break down like the science that I read about first, or do you want to kind of like break down your experience with what you've learned so far? Why well, break down yours so I I can counter every single point? Can <laughs> counter every single point? Okay, so let's just see here. I, I mean, I've been going through a lot of uh, resources. The big one here is this research paper 
that was I'm like loading it up right now so I can see the author. It's uh, Keith Rayner. He was a researcher at the University of Massachusetts in Amherst. Um, he published this paper back in 1998, but it's it's like the result of 20 years of research on reading, information processing, and uh, like eye movements. So let me break it all down for you because there's a lot of detail here. So basically, reading is like a three-step process. Uh, and the three steps are fixations, uh, what are called saccades, and then the cognitive processing. So basically, what a fixation is, is the period of time where your eye is fixed upon a specific area of text that you're reading. Now, a saccade, which is the French word, it's French for like jerk or twitch, is a jerky, twitchy eye movements that uh, you that your eyes make when they're going to the page. It's not smooth eye movements. They're jerky little twitches. Now, this is interesting because the eye actually has several types of movement. There is something called smooth pursuit, which we I think we evolved to essentially track prey. And that's where your eye can actually track a moving object in a smooth fashion. Um, and most people can only do smooth pursuit when they are tracking a physical object that's moving. So like if you take your finger and you move it across the room and you keep your head fixed, but you move your eyes, that'll be smooth pursuit. There's also vergence where your eyes move closer to each other to focus on a small or a, something that's like close to you um, in the middle of your vision. So if you put your finger up and focus on that, that's vergence. And there's also called vestibular eye movement, which is what happens when your eyes compensate for head movement while keeping fixed on a fixed subject. So if you look at something and then turn your head towards it, your eyes still stay fixed on that. That's vestibular eye movement. And there's these, there's some smaller types as well. Um, but they found that is your eyes never really actually stay completely still. But uh, when you're reading, you use saccades or what they call saccadic eye movement. Now, they have, have actually been able to measure the time periods that each of these take. So um, before we get into times, though, let's talk a little bit about fixations. So fixations are necessary because the eye has three different types of, um, I guess, clarity in the visual spectrum. So like right in the middle, there is the foveal part of your vision. Uh, it's called the fovea. And that's about one to two degrees of visual range where everything is in high resolution, very clear. It's the central part of, your, of the retina. And um now, outside of the foveal area, there's the parafoveal area. That's five degrees on either side of the fixation. And then after that, you have the peripheral. So that's everything else. Now, everything in the periphery, you can see it's blurry. Uh, you can make out movement. You can make out colors, but you can't make out details. So this is important for reading because unlike with just a general scene in your environment where you can sort of make out details or movement uh, with your peripheral vision or with your parafoveal vision, with reading you need to have most of it in the foveal area and you really can't make out a whole ton that's outside of it. You can make out maybe one or two letters in the parafoveal area. Most of it's going to be in the foveal area. So a typical fixation when you're reading silently, which it's actually different if you're reading out loud, but silently, it's going to be about eight letters. And let's see here. I've got all these notes that are hard to get through. <laughs> um, let's see here. But so, and uh, I have all these... Okay, yeah. So now a typical two degree saccade takes about um, 30 milliseconds. And that is the typical saccade length, or yeah, length, I guess, distance for silent reading. So you can move 
within 30 milliseconds, read eight letters, and then uh, you have your fixation, which takes about 225 milliseconds. So these are kind of hard limits for how fast the eye can actually move across the page. And then there's the actual cognitive processing time, which uh, happens when your brain takes in the symbols that it's just read, actually converts them to oral speech, because reading is, for the most part, just a visual way of representing uh, oral language, auditory language. And at that point, limited by your working memory, which has only about four slots for, uh, you know, chunks of information, similar bits of information. Now, these aren't the only factors that go into determining average reading speed because you got uh, what are called regressions where the eye skips back to material it's already read. And this happens for skilled readers about 15% of the time. You've got short regressions where a saccade may have gone too far and you basically like didn't aim correctly. And then longer regressions that are made when the reader didn't understand what they just read. So these happen about 15% of the time. And then on the other side of the equation, there is uh, words you skip when you're reading. So for skilled readers, uh, you skip different kinds of words, different percentages of the time. So there's content words and there are function words. Content words are the words that actually communicate the ideas and concepts you're reading about. And then function words are kind of like the glue, the... um, the words that exist to basically express the grammatical relationships between those content words. So things like the and a pronouns, like he and she, uh, particles, if then, however, those kind of words. So your eye only fixates on function words about 35% of the time, and then your eye fixates on content words about 85% of the time. So you are skipping words as you read, and the probability of a word actually being fixated upon increases with the word's length. And that's the reason function words don't get fixated on. They're usually very, very short. So that's kind of the science of it. Now, it gets interesting because skilled readers, um, the difference between, you know, their speed and people who read a little slower is that they have shorter fixations. uh, They have quicker saccades and then they have fewer regressions or I guess shorter distance saccades. Um, Sorry, longer distance saccades. And then those uh, fewer regressions back to material they've already gone through. So that's basically the science behind it. And that's why I don't really agree with these these people who claim that you can just move your eye over the text quicker. Because as you do, you get into territory where you're just scanning the text and not exactly comprehending it. Um, They did a lot of research behind this. They did a research trial where they brought speed readers in to to basically compete with normal readers and the speed readers were reading about 700 words per minute um, or maybe slightly less. And they then tested the comprehension of these speed readers reading at the speed and the comprehension levels were really low. And then they had the normal readers uh, instructed them to skim the text and the comprehension levels were basically similar. So the conclusion is basically that speed reading is basically skimming. So that is my uh, initial presentation, Zach. All right. Well, that was <laughs> it was a lot like of for science. Eight minutes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a lot of knowledge, and that, it was actually really interesting because I did not get into the weeds of things, but I can see a lot of the techniques that I recently learned where they're coming from. It does have to deal with the saccade and focusing more on content words versus functioning words mm. and preventing that regression that will 
slow you down. And there is, um, and just kind of a, a little bit of my backstory for, for getting into the speed reading, um, you know, just the interest in it, as well as um, as trying to learn to apply it, is there was a app in the App Store. It's still there. It's called Quick Read, but it was free a couple of weeks ago. Sorry, it's no longer free. It's ten dollars. But when it was free, one of the, my agent efficiency colleagues threw it in in the, the hip chat where we talk. It's kind of like Slack, and I downloaded it and I set it to four hundred or four hundred and fifty words per minute. I can't remember. I wasn't expecting much. Um, I it, the cool thing about the Quick Read is that it links to things like Instapaper and Pocket. So I already had articles all loaded up on there. So I just press play and the the words were flashing really fast and I actually felt like my comprehension and concentration and focus were increased at that higher speed. So that got mm-hmm. me interested and that's why I, I ended up picking up the, the book 10 days to faster reading because it was recommended as a good way to learn speed reading because I, I've kind of gotten over the fact that, oh, okay, well maybe I can do this. Okay. And that technology that the uh, the quick read uses actually came, stems back to World War II. And this is something before we, we started recording, we were debating how to uh, to actually pronounce this word. Techistoscope? Techistoscope. We'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. I've got a bunch of pictures of them right now on my Google. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of one as well. But the original one in the 1940s was made by the U.S. Air Force. So so you so our pilots could actually spot whether it was an enemy or a um, a plane or a, a U.S. plane very quickly. Plus, they were jets, so things were moving fast. And what they did is what the tachytoscope does is um, is flashes images at increasingly mm. fast rates. And what they found is with training that these pilots or really anybody could start recognizing planes very like just small little minuscule dots at incredibly fast rates so what what i read was one five hundredth of a second they could recognize oh this is a whatever fighter jet that seems to be uh, so many clicks away uh, i'm not i'm not really sure but they took that technology about a decade or so later in the 1950s and started using it made it a little bit more portable and, and started using it for speed reading classes so instead of pictures of planes they used pictures of words or word phrases and flashed them on a screen very quickly uh, huh. to get people to be able to read a little bit quicker so that that's not super helpful if you're somebody who needs to read a textbook or somebody who wants to read a regular book um, and and doesn't can't throw everything onto an app that just forces them to uh, to read faster because it's just flashed automatically there and you don't have to worry about your your saccades or your regressions <laughs> or anything like that. That is actually kind of the benefit of that quick read app is that it just flashes right in one spot so you can just focus on that spot and and uh, notice that. And that's actually um, kind of uh, something I didn't really think about until you were just talking now. Yeah, is that is but, it actually called Read Quick? Or is it? Because uh, I can't find quick, one called Quick Read, but I think Read Quick is. I'm looking at the App Store page for it, and it's ten bucks. So. Oh, okay. Then that was probably one of the typos. <laughs> read Quick. <laughs> yeah. So I've actually used I, it and the reason, and I think oh, okay. I, I think I actually paid the ten bucks for it at one point because a few years ago I was very into tr- all these speed reading apps. 
Uh, have you heard of like Spritz yeah. and Spreeder as well? I've heard of Spreeder. I think they That's, do uh, very on the web, similar right? things. Yeah, and Spritz got some uh, some pretty big press a few maybe a year ago or so about this. But they all do a similar thing. They kind of flash the text in front of you. So I have a response to that. Well, I haven't <laughs> even gotten to my speed reading techniques, but go okay. ahead. Let me hear your response. So uh, in uh, in Rainer's research findings, um, he talks about this this method called rapid serial visual presentation, um, where it's basically to kiss the scope type of you know flashing of text. And there was another one called self paced reading, where the where the actual user could push a button when they wanted to flash it. So what he says here is that uh, comparisons of this task to normal reading have typically revealed that with short sentences, results are typical of normal reading that can be obtained. But when longer passages are presented, the processing system quickly gets overloaded and comprehension breaks down. Um, that comes from a 1983 study. And then with the self-paced reading, it just was too slow because people had to like basically stop in between every word and process the command to press the button. So that's interesting. Yeah, it's some interesting research I found on that. And I actually found this myself because I used to use Spreeder and Spritz to try to read blog posts faster. And it would happen to me. I would I would be following along okay for maybe about a 30 seconds or so. And then I would kind of like have to go back. And uh, I've, I found that doing the flash method didn't really work for me. Okay. I only tried four or five articles. And I think most of the articles, well, it gives you the time. So I did it five, six minutes. And I... I was able to do it. Okay. Um, and what, what it speed did you put it at? To, I think it's at 450. Okay. So not crazy fast. Yeah. So that's a cool thing that I, I looked in this paper and they had uh, some studies of speed readers and also skilled readers. And some of these skilled readers were reading in like 378 words per minute, 380 words per minute. So I think, you know, between four and 500 is actually doable if you can train the right speed reading techniques. Um, where I usually take issue is when people are saying like you can get past that. So, but yeah, I think, you know, if people tend to read slower than 400, there are definitely some improvements they can make. Yeah. And that actually, so maybe we don't have as big a beef with each other as I thought. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to get people up to or, or what I think I wish I was up to. And I'm becoming a type of person that tends to read at about 400 words per minute Okay, at 400 to 450. And I was just through uh, through kind of testing what I was at. I was at 300, okay. which is kind of um, average to a slightly above average. But if you're one of those people who are at 100 or 150 words per minute, which is basically the speed at which we're talking right now, then yeah. you you need to learn how to use some of these techniques because um, because there's a big old gap between your your thinking speed. And your how much input you're getting in through your reading, and you think it about anywhere between four to five hundred words per minute. But if you're only taking in a hundred to hundred and fifty, that gap you're going to be bored. Your mind's going to wander off. You're going to fall asleep. You're going to think about other things. You're going to have to reread that last sentence or that last paragraph twenty times. So that's the speed that I I think people should be shooting for is anywhere from three fifty to. 450 probably yeah and to add on that onto that i want to talk about a concept called reading flexibility because um when i looked in the wikipedia article for reading speed it mentions that there are studies about reading like different types of reading and the speeds at which people read you know for different purposes so like if somebody's reading to memorize a passage of text it's going to be less than 100 words per minute and that's fine um 
Now, the interesting thing it mentions here is like reading for learning is between 100 and 200 words per minute. Reading for comprehension is between 200, between 200 and 400. So what I couldn't find is what they define the difference as between uh, learning and comprehension reading. But what I took from it is that when you read text that's heavy with new concepts or when the concepts are closely presented, it's dense text. Uh, you're going to have to go slower, whereas if you get to a section of text where it's familiar material that you already know about, or when the concept is spread thin and kind of padded out with asides or examples, then you can read faster. And uh, it's important to note this because I think a lot of speed reading people who you know, people who write about speed reading or texts about it sort of have this assumption that you can work out to a continuous rate of 400 words per minute or whatever they say you can get to. And in the real world, you're going to get to, you know, you're going to get to that level with some texts and then you're going to be reading slower with others. Yeah. And I, I tend to agree. We were talking before we got on how you're trying to get through meditations and there's just a lot of new concepts, different ideas. And my reading that I'm currently doing is a little more repetitive. I'm trying to train up in, in certain areas. So I'm reading similar types of books which I feel like you, you kind of, I was like, oh yeah, I've heard this concept before. I like how that he's represented it here and I'm trying to make connections through that and I feel like that type of reading you can do a little bit more rapidly and some of the books do yeah, have those, it's like here's one point, here's three pages of a story to explain why this is a good point. But I can see why they do that. Stories are easier to remember than just pure content. So mm. um, I, 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 think, I think there is something to be said for that. We were talking about that Friday as well um, about you know it, it, are you trying to read for uh, to actually take a test do you need what kind of what kind of comprehension do you need uh, because a lot of times maybe you don't need perfect comprehension you don't really need to read every single word and get every single content out of there if you're just trying to get the general themes of ideas uh, or, yeah. or, or of the book or the of the passage or whatever it may be mm-hmm so um, beyond this like flashing text thing you've tried out, what other techniques have you found that help with increasing your reading speed? Well, the three that really worked well for me are to read only keywords. Okay. And keywords are, are just what you're saying. They're the content words. And those are words with more than three or four letters. So d don't worry about trying to know what exactly a keyword is. Just focus on words that have more than four letters in it is basically what you do. And it's, it's pretty difficult to get out of the habit of reading every single word. So another technique that I stacked on top of that read-only keywords is to focus on the white area in between the lines. And doing that, you only see the top half of the letters. But if you go to open up a book right now and uh, take a note card and, and hide the bottom half, of the sentence or of the line right there, you'll notice that with the top half of the words of the letters that you can actually take a pretty good educated guess on what the the word is. Uh, so I've, I've yeah. got an example, right? Yeah, I've noticed but that if you, actually. With the bottom half, though, you can't get anything, though. With the bottom half, it's a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. So you can focus on the top half of the words, and that, and that just breaking that pattern because it seems a little bit weird will allow you to just focus on the letters. And the last thing I stacked on top of that was the idea of a swing, swing, eye swing. And I'll send you this picture that I have. It's basically some thick black lines 
with a bunch of dots and then another thick line and a bunch of dots and thick line. What the technique has you do is to train your eyes to be a little bit better with the saccade. Okay. And I think that I, really this one is the key where I, I was always a slow reader because I think I did a lot of the regressions and looking back at lines mm-hmm. and my eyes were jumping all over the place. But what you can do is you can do this exercise, which is just looking at the black lines and and swinging your eyes over the uh, the dots. And you go and you you try to focus on each one of these black lines just going from one to one to one to one they're they're spaced out in different different areas and you do that a couple times you can start to train your eyes to um to move in a fashion that will be a little bit better for picking up those keywords that are Mm -hmm. are still within your field of vision i don't remember the name for the The field of vision vision. yeah because i've I've read things where you can like expand that and that you just got to follow your finger or take a note card and force yourself to go down. All all of those techniques they, they never seem to work for me, and they may work mm. for some people. But the, these three alone, I was just like shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, this, this is awesome. So I I have this book, uh, Ten Days to Faster Reading. I I bought this book probably six years ago, and oh, yeah. I, I sat on the desk just in case we wanted to reference it. And like as you were talking, I like flipped it open, and I actually flipped to the eye swing page. Oh yeah, I've got the picture here of the black lines of the dots, and see, I can see some potential merit in that because, as the research stated, people tend to fixate on the longer words, um, which are most more than likely going to be the content words. So, if you can train yourself to more often fixate on those content words, then you should be able to get to the text uh, quicker. Yeah, and and that's been my experience: is that I by focusing just on the content words, by using just the little hack of only looking at the longer words, using swing eyes, and trying to just look at the top half of the words mm-hmm. uh, or of the letters of the uh, of the words, that um, that I, I'm able to focus a little bit more, and my speed and comprehension both go up. Okay, at least that's what it seems like to me. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a couple other techniques that I kind of figured out, and so these are a little different because a lot of speed reading techniques tend to focus on better ways to scan the text, uh, how to move your eyes faster, stuff like that. But the ones that I think are even more important are things like knowing what it is that you want to learn before going into the book. And I want to talk about like reasons for reading later because this doesn't always apply. But if you have a specific thing you want to learn that's in a book, you know, or you think it's likely it's going to be in the book, you know, if you prime your brain to look for the passages on that, then you can sort of skip over more irrelevant material on your way to finding that out. And then um, one thing I've talked about before in a previous video was something called the pseudo skimming technique where you're sort of skimming through the text quickly and you're very obviously like, you know that you're not going to be comprehending all the stuff you're skimming past, but what you're looking for are paragraphs that are uh, where the key concepts are really communicated and you can, generally find that out by looking at the first sentence or the last sentence of a paragraph. Is this paragraph dense with the actual information, like the meat of the content I'm trying to get to? Or is it filler? Is it an aside? Or because a te- like a professor wrote this textbook, do they want to be really thorough and and like cover every edge case and every exception? Is it a story or something? Um, or is it the meat of the content? So as you're skimming through, when you identify a paragraph that is very important, you slow down. 
like that reading flexibility we talked about. You slow down, you read that entire paragraph, you make sure you understand and comprehend what you just read, and then you go back to that quicker uh, pseudo-skimming technique where you're going past all the asides and stuff and just kind of scanning through them, glancing for something that might be important. Uh, but you know, you know, the majority of the important material are going to be in those core paragraphs. Cool. I like it. I say all of the above. Use them all. Yes. And uh, so the last thing that I wanted to cover was, like I alluded to before, the reasons for reading. Uh, I know that personally, I got interested in all these speed reading techniques because I would walk into Barnes and Noble and just want to read like every book on the shelf. Um, and like I got a Goodreads account and I'm like, oh, I'm going to have like so many books read on my Goodreads and like it wasn't necessarily because there was a specific thing I wanted to learn or that I had so much reading I had to get through for school. It just like I wanted to kind of be well read. Like I had this uh, idea about all these like Renaissance men who were so like so well read on every subject and they could talk about anything at any any party or whatever. And I kind of realized that for one, like Goodreads is not the Xbox achievement list. It's not like people aren't going to be super impressed that I read a bunch of books. And <laughs> uh, the other thing is more information is created like every what day now than was created back in the Renaissance. So there's really no way to be like one of those guys because everything is so specialized and detailed now. So I've just sort of gotten out of this mindset that I want to read every single book ever and more into the mindset that I want to take my time with books and really understand what I'm reading and comprehend it and actually improve my life with the content in them. I like it. I, I like the concept of just in time learning in general. Mm. And I think that's what you're doing. You're deep diving into a particular topic and learning so you can teach it or learning so you can apply it to your, your life or your business. And I think that's a good way to go about things. I do think that at least me personally, I always have that that I still have that underlying want of being, you know, a subject matter expert in the in certain areas, and the way to do that is to read a little bit more. And people who are in college now may be thinking, "Oh man, I, you know, I spend three, four, five hours a day reading." And when you graduate and you get a job, actually, a lot of your time you will spend reading. But actually, taking the time to read a book is is something that falls away for a lot of people. Uh, so I, just for you, if you're wanting to to get in back into reading and actually completing more books, uh, a recent little addition to my morning ritual is a uh, a read and walk. Now, okay. if if you if you have access to a gym that has a treadmill, um, which my new apartment in Austin, Texas, does, so you've got to visit sometime soon. Um, <laughs> You can you can set the uh, the speed at pretty low two and a half miles per hour is what I do it at and grab your Kindle and just go get going and get reading and I've been hmm. doing that for the last three weeks I've read about four books <laughs> because nice. an hour a day really adds up and using the, the speed reading techniques uh, I've been able to get a little bit more done one of the books is pretty dang short though so it's kind of like a a quarter book <laughs> but. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's about making the time. So I think when, if, if people out there listening and have graduated or, or are about to graduate, think about, you know, when you're going to find time for this, this learning and the synthesis and, um, and, and growing yourself, you know, and either health, a lot of books I read are about health. 
lot of them are about mindset. A lot of them uh, maybe are just stories that that are interesting that you can connect with your real life. Uh, but it's it, you do need to make the time for it. And uh, I, I know your schedule, and I understand why. Maybe you're not reading <laughs> as many books as you you used to. Yeah. I think that's that's the big one, you know. If you want to read more books, you simply have to make the time to read. And and I think the best way to do that is to build it into your some sort of schedule, you know, morning ritual or before you go to bed or something, just have a daily time to read. Um mine's been in the morning. I've just been trying to do twenty minutes a day and that helps. Because I know like I can easily get up, eat breakfast, and then get into my work. And I know that work expands to fill the time we've allotted for it. So if I allot the entire day for work and I don't read, I'm probably not getting a whole lot more done than if I read for 20 minutes, you know, and then started working that 20 minutes later. Uh, It's probably not going to be a huge difference except for that I actually read. So making time for it, you know, I think the big the big concept here with regards to speed reading is there's an inverse relationship between your reading speed and your reading comprehension. So which one's more important to you, you know, make that decision. Mm, <laughs> up to four, four, past the 400, 500 mark. No, I, I think, I think, even, I think your comprehension even, actually goes down. If you're only reading, um, a hundred words per minute, you're just not going to get through the text. You're not going to get through the material. You're going to be bored. You're, you're going to fall yeah. asleep. You're going to feel your eyes are, are going to get tired. It's uh, true. But, yeah. If I'm, if I'm like looking at each individual letter and being like E, Y, E, S, <laughs> The word is eyes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But with regards to like, if you're thinking like, I want to read faster than I currently read now from that starting point, you can, you can definitely, I think you can keep comprehension high to a point, but eventually the inverse relationship starts. You start scanning and your comprehension goes down. So you think we've, uh, we've covered it here. I think so. Okay. And about, about taking a little bit of time, I actually did some math. The, uh, the average book length is 64,000 words. And okay. if you have a reading speed, let's just go in the middle, uh, 300 words per minute. If you read a half hour every single day and you are at that 300 words per minute, and just you could get most books done in about three and a half hours. And if you do that, you can read 50 books a year. Nice. Just, that's, the, that's the math. And so it, a half, a half a hour every more. single day. <laughs> Um, will give you yeah more books than I've read in a year. Yeah, that's uh, I I don't think I've ever even read in like twenty five in a year. So if you could really keep that habit up, then that would be pretty impressive. Uh, I'll also add that you know it's good to think about other ways to improve your retention of the material that you're reading. Like just reading, uh, just running your eyes over it once, even if you do it in a method that gives you high comprehension, doesn't necessarily translate to retention. So that's why I take notes on the books that I read. And um, I think making videos on the subjects I read about also helps. But you have to think about like, how am I going to apply this knowledge? How am I going to revisit it, potentially quiz myself on it and more concretely store it in my brain? Because just reading is only one piece of the puzzle. Totally. Yeah, you've, I, I want to pick your brain sometime about all your... Uh your note taking and, and all that uh, that you have going there because I think you are probably able to retain way more than the average person because of of how you dissect and tear apart and apply and and use books in your life. Yeah, I try to. I mean, I just have a I mean, it's pretty simple for me. I've got a book notes uh, notebook in Evernote 
And after I read a chapter or maybe like a section or a certain number of pages, depending on how the book is laid out, I will go sit at my desk and then I'll go back through it and I'll pick out the important parts I want to remember and just write bullet notes in Evernote on it. Um, And I'll often try to like put little asides in there, like say, oh, this reminds me of this other thing I learned, make a connection to some other piece of material or put a note that, hey, I want to make a video on this, do more research. So it isn't just regurgitating and summarizing, summarizing exactly what I read. I'm also trying to make connections to things I already know or want to learn in the future as well. Well, cool. Yeah. Maybe I should cut my reading time in half, spend 30 minutes reading and then 30 minutes synthesizing like that. There you go. That's no, that's probably a way to go about it. To be honest, like if it's, if it's a book that you really want to retain the information from and be able to use, uh, I think trying to make a deliberate effort to connect it to things you already know and summarize it is going to help you out a lot. Or just speed read it five times in a row. There you go. Yep. <laughs> 1,000 words per minute, five times. That's 200 words per minute. <laughs> I don't think that works. Reading and rereading is not, not very effective. But yeah, I think we've covered it pretty sufficiently. So yeah, uh, yeah let's yeah. wrap up here. All right, guys, hopefully you enjoyed this episode and learned a thing or two. Like I said, the video upcoming uh, this week on the YouTube channel will cover the same subject. So if you want to see what I say in the video, you can always go over to collegeinvogeek.com slash videos to check those out. It'll take you right to the YouTube channel where you can subscribe and see all the videos there. And also, if you want to find my favorite resources and uh, apps, books, tools, things for making your college experience better, those are over at collegeinfogeek.com slash resources. So thanks so much for listening. Next week's episode is going to be amazing. I'm super, super excited for it. Um, I'm not going to say much about it. You might know what's going on. You might not. But either way, make sure you download next week's episode. It's going to be really cool. So thanks, guys. I'll see you next week. Stay cute. Thanks for listening to the College Info Geek Podcast. Grow your brain even more at www.collegeinfogeek.com.